Claire. And I'm Ashley. And this is Celebrity Memoir Book Club. I mean, you guys, I was so excited about the episode today. And then Taylor Swift came out and in one fail swoop made the year and hurt the podcast. Evermore. <laughs> Evermore. I don't think that she could hurt this podcast today or forevermore. Um, <laughs> but it is going to be like... Like, on the one hand, I'm so excited to get into this week's topic, which is we're doing a direct comparison analysis of Kendra and Holly and their time at the mansion and the memoirs and the way they chose to portray themselves each other in half. But God, I also, oh, God damn, my pain fits in the palm of your freezing hand and the freezing hand is Taylor. Okay. I would say, oh, God damn, the pain fits in the palm of your freezing hand. And by pain, I mean my thoughts and feelings not necessarily just pain just like all of my attention span yeah fits long in that. story short it was a bad time but it was like a good time yeah it was the best of times <laughs> um, anyway the damn season to talk can about I be Taylor. completely okay, sorry, honest with you guys I want to be very honest and upfront with the listeners this is the second intro we've recorded we recorded one on Thursday it's currently Saturday because Thursday we were like let's record this episode that morning Taylor had announced that Evermore was coming out that night Um, we talked about our thoughts our feelings our predictions on the topic we yelled we laughed we fought um, and then the battery died and then we were like you know what let's just leave it let's just leave it be and start start fresh so maybe we'll put that little that pinch that like 15 minutes on the Patreon yeah I mean it's mostly chock full of us just Miss miss predicting what the pot the album would say I think nobody expects us to be not idiots Taylor just isn't doing what she she's not writing about her life anymore and I oh my god I like really relate to that okay well just because like I do (laughs) feel like when I started dating Mac I made like a very conscious decision to not like really put our relationship under the comedic microscope Right. Because I do think that there's a mistake that I see comics make, which is where you're when you're always mining your own life for content. What happens is then everything gets put through this filter of like, where's the joke? What's fucked up? Like, what am I annoyed at? What did he do wrong? What did I do wrong? Where are the because nobody thinks it's not. But like, you know, what no, I mean? no, I'm saying what you're doing now is healthy. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and I do think that when you make everything like fodder for your like for bits, for when bits, everything's a bit, it's a bit. Yeah, and I think, like, I could probably take me and Max relationship and go through and, like, and I, I do that a little bit. Like, I take the silly little things and I, like, blow them out of proportion. But I think if I was doing this constantly on stage and constantly, like, making a mockery of our relationship, it, I, it, like, warps your own brain and you become the bit. Yes, and I will say, in that exact same vein, I would say we're in a fight is our reputation yes. and our lover and this podcast is our folklore and evermore because here we are dipping into other people's stories. Exactly. And I like I call Instead it. Instead of wringing our own lives for shame. Yes. And I call it Real Housewives Syndrome because I see it a lot with the Real Housewives where like they will put on, you know, you're literally getting rewarded for your bad behavior on those shows. Yeah. And then the problem is when when people get rewarded for bad behavior, they're going to keep the bad behavior going. Even if you're a 65 year old woman. Right. And I've like run into Ramona on the street and she acts the way she acts on TV. And I don't think she started that way. I just think that like their brains get melted into becoming the thing that gets so much attention. Yeah. Here's a little teaser. That thought will carry over immensely to our upcoming episode about Steve-O. So you guys will hear more about that later. Oh, <laughs> exciting. Um, 
So I just like really respect that she's like, look, I have something important. Joe Alwyn is important. And I do think they're the two Joe Alwyn songs on Evermore of, are, of course, Willow. Beautiful. And then I think Long Story Short is uh, autobiographical. Yes. <laughs> I do think it's. Memorific. I think it's. Mem- memorium. Memorisk. <laughs> a m- moratorium. <laughs> Memortuary. <laughs> um, I do think it is the case. I also think closure is autobiographical yes for me yes i think she wrote that about your life you wrote that for her about you she god i fucking wish um anyway closure is if you guys remember from a couple episodes back about the text i got from matthew do you have anything to say about the album about your week about the album about my week Um, about the album or about your week there was a comma in my voice (laughs) (laughs) um i love the album i'm like Look, do I love a ditty? Yes. I love Long Story Short. A bop. We I call love it a bop. Because we're young. You call it a ditty because you're old. <laughs> I love a bop. But mostly I just feel so happy for Taylor that she's making the music she wants to make. It's such weird music. I mean, the stories are like bizarre. Like she really, yeah. my, I was talking to my dad about it today and I'm like, it's all about divorce. So I guess Taylor got divorced. But like, <laughs> I really am happy for her. I like really think she deserves to get to make art for herself and I'm still enjoying it. And I hope me and Matt get divorced one day because I. You'll enjoy this album evermore. Yeah. And I, I hope I get that chance (laughs) yeah I do think she's making the music she wants to make and that's why we love it I think that we are living in an age of authenticity and people really mistake what authenticity means and there's a lot of like forced and artificial authenticity which sounds insane that that is possible but it really truly is like I think people think general oversharing counts as being authentic and it doesn't it means digging deep and being true to yourself and seeing if that hits and it doesn't always but obviously with Taylor, it fucking it. Yeah, it's um. I mean, I think it's fair to say that folklore and Evermore was her bitchnesses. <laughs> <laughs> See, I disagree. I don't think that we were being authentic with bitchnesses. I think we were making what we thought we were supposed to make, and that's why. <laughs> do you wait? Can I ask you not for the pod? Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that we were trying to impress somebody else with that podcast? <laughs> I think that that's why it became a disaster. I think we kept on trying. Because I literally could not agree with you less. I think we did exactly what we wanted to do and never once stopped to wonder, would anybody who's not the two of us get this? I think the concept, I agree with it. But I think the content, I don't agree with that. Well, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> what you missed in editing was me and Ashley got into a fight. <laughs> A good one. <laughs> a screaming one. Ashley cries, which I think is an unfair advantage she pulls. Can I say that it's a thing that happens and I feel validated on TikTok because there's a lot of people, it seems, who, when in a confrontation, cry. <laughs> it's not on purpose. It happens to Arizona Robbins and Grey's Anatomy. It's like this whole like subplot that I like really resonated with where like whenever she's like dealing with a person of authority or like any sort of confrontation or difficult situation she like cries a little bit and like she has this thing where she has to like confront the chief about something and they're like Arizona's gonna handle it and then she doesn't she doesn't cry and everyone's proud of her and I was like I really feel like a lot of people hated this little subplot and it really was important to me that's why you have to have women in the writer's room because only a woman would be like you know what's a major predicament (laughs) in my life that I can't stop crying when I talk to my boss But it do be true. Women do be crying. I'm dreading. I'm getting reviewed on Monday. And I straight up was like, could we not? And they were like, we'll see. Like, the woman was like, we'll see how long they can go without them putting on the, like, I won't bring it up. And then, of course, somebody remembered that I had to be reviewed. And now I'm kind of like, I wonder if I could just dial in. <laughs> like, I wonder if I have to show up on Zoom. 
Oh my god, you're gonna have to like put on a shirt and brush your hair or something. Yeah, and then cry on Zoom. Damn. There's no way I won't cry. You think you're gonna cry? There's like no yeah. I mean they have nothing nice to say to me. They might have one nice thing to say to you, but if they give you a compliment sandwich. It's too late. What if they give you a an insult sandwich? <laughs> they say one mean thing and then a nice thing and then another mean thing. I'm trying to think what the best way for them to do it. I think I would like if they're like, all right, up front here. I would like, um, what's something with two things? Um, I want to, I want an insult bagel. I want the top half of the bagel to be all the insults and the bottom half to be all the compliments. I want them to like, I would call that just toast, two pieces of toast. (laughs) (laughs) I want, okay. You know what I want? You know that piece of toast where the top is jelly, but the bottom is salt. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I want? I want a Rachel green Christmas trifle. I want, (laughs) I want the top half to be salty. Yeah. Like a, you know a, a shepherd's a pie <laughs> and then i want the bottom half to be treacle or whatever <laughs> trifle um yeah i feel like at my old job i used to cry sometimes because i like got taken aside and told that i was difficult but like i felt very slighted by that role and a lot of other things that were happening to me and i was like trying to stifle all my feelings and not fire back in, an, in a difficult way um anyway Long story short, it was a bad time. (laughs) Um, Ashley, how was your week? (laughs) My week was fine. I don't know. It was a lot of anticipating Taylor and then enjoying Taylor and thinking about Taylor. Um, That's about it. Okay. What would you call that? I would call that. Do you know what? I actually did. I ended up going and meeting up with that guy last night. Oh, my God. Mac asked today at brunch. She was like did Ashley go on that date and I, I was did like, go and I don't know I'm not a good friend I was to her. thinking about going to a comedy show or going out with this guy who had been kind of difficult to make plans with and then I went out with him and I he was not interesting and so then I like really regretted not going and hanging out with comedians and then I was so happy with that feeling of longingness that I used to get all the time whenever I would go on dates of like that feeling of like I could be doing comedy stuff but instead I'm talking to this fucking dweeb and I like missed that emotion so much that then I ended up feeling really happy. <laughs> That's great. I'm going to before I get into my week I'm going to thank all the people who reviewed us this week. Oh, thank uh, you. And while you're looking for those I just want to clarify for you guys because I think some people don't um love the review thing but this is what helps us get into the charts and it's really important to us so we would like to thank abstract cat hoboken gooner um water mullets wild boys y2k calchella adrian oh no not adrian adrian give us one star <laughs> uh stinzo hunter maria a hester yas g9 yaji9 um bear flower leonard shelby a canero Stuart little and i think we're back where we started yes me too so thank you guys so much and also a special shout out to jeff from montreal oh yes shout out to jeff um yeah. i can't believe we have listeners all the way in canada i can't believe this podcast crosses state lines i know <laughs> what if it's taxed differently up there <laughs> <laughs> up there we have healthcare. um how would you title your week i would title it Hopefully the bottom. Hopefully the rock bottom. Okay. I hope so too. (laughs) (laughs) And not even in an emotional way, not in a physical way, but in like a disgusting way. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because this week, um, 
we had a day where like we didn't have hot water and so Mac took, <gasps> Mac took an ice cold shower and then I went to do the dishes and the water was like ice cold and I was doing dishes for 30 minutes and I could only get through half the dishes and it was just so cold I had to give up and then like yesterday or I guess the day before yesterday I went to take a shower and like the hot water ran out pretty quickly and so I couldn't even wash my hair because I was like I'm not getting trapped in that where you have suds in your hair and you still mm-hmm. have to condition and it's ice fucking cold so I sent an email to my landlord and they sent a handyman and I don't know if you know this about me but I have like a real handyman who fixes your hot water problem kink <laughs> I did not know <laughs> because one time in high school and you know that I don't like like an older guy Look at my boyfriend. I didn't know. <laughs> I don't like an older guy. Okay. Um, my boyfriend's quite young. Yeah. That's that's by design. Very fresh face. <laughs> I like him as young as I can get him. <laughs> <laughs> Barely legal, you might say. Wink. Um, but once when I was in high school, I took a nice cold shower and I sent the... I was It was a boarding school and I sent the handy people an email. And the guy who fixed it, he's like, oh, you sent the email? And I was like, yeah. And he goes... You'll never take a cold shower again as long as I'm here. And the shiver that went through my body. <laughs> that is a slutty thing to say. But it really was like, he didn't mean it slutty at all. But he, he meant like, it. Earn- I love when people say something earnestly. Absolutely. But he, and he really meant because he fixed it. Slutty. I never for the rest of my four years took a cold shower at that school. It, it was hot water till the day I graduated. That is such a legitimate thing to have sex with somebody for having hot water i agree like you know how people always joke about like oh would you have sex with your teacher for an a and i'm like i've had sex for like nothing and do you know what i mean i've had sex yeah i've had a lot of bad sex with people who were mean to me so the idea of like getting something concretely positive out of it like an a or a a good nice hot shower is like something i will never say no to and Um, so that's my favorite like line that like people who have sex for money say they're like yeah, I have sex for money and other people have sex for literally nothing. Yeah, like I've pathetic. had sex and like still split the bill with a guy. Yeah. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, we're degrading ourselves. I'm by disgusted. Acting. I'm repulsed by myself. Nothing is more demoralizing than having bad sex with someone you don't even like. <laughs> the only empowering sex is if you're having sex for money. Yeah, that's like literally the <laughs> Everything only way Everything else is out. disgusting. Um, anyway, so this handyman shows up and he's actually like attractive and I'm like put in this weird position. I answer the door and I tell him about the situation and then he walks over to the sink, which I was not expecting. I was expecting him to go into the bathroom. So I'd like tidied up the bathroom. In the sink, I had five days worth of dishes, <laughs> including like Indian food. I was humiliated. He would never have sex with you. I know. And like, and so then I was so humiliated. And so he's like, so what's been the problem? I'm like, well, the water was so cold. I couldn't do the dishes because I have a, I have a, I have a disease on my fingers. <laughs> my fingers are so cold. <laughs> I can't, it's not my fault. I'm not just I couldn't do the dishes because the cold water. I couldn't. And, yeah. and he looks at me and he turns on the tap and then he, he goes, this is normally the way it gets hot. And I'm like, yeah, can you see? It's just, but it won't. It just stays frozen. And he goes, okay, well I'm touching it now. And he goes, it's uh, it's scalding. <laughs> And I go scalding. <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, it's it's almost too hot to touch." And I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> and I was like, "I could do the dishes now. I can't wait." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I, I I'm like, it happened. I swear." And I'm like, and now I'm in the head. I'm like, I'm like, I took a, sh- a cold shower, and then I was like, four days ago. <laughs> And I'm just like I'm so disgusting and I'm like but I swing and he was like well I'll check it out I'm he's like I'm sure you're right and then he comes back up like an hour later and he's like all right well I talked to the people on the first floor and they also have had a little bit of that problem too he's like the people on the second floor have not had any problem but 
Oh, thank God. And he's like, those well, I first fixed four it. people just corroborating <laughs> your like, fucking bullshit and I story. Like, well, thank you so much. I'm doing the dishes already. I love it. And I was humiliated. <laughs> I was so humiliated that I, I can't believe the the hot water fixer is your like number one kink. <laughs> I love hot water. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I like. I hate it. I hate being cold. Being cold is one of the few things where I'm just I like. I hate being cold. And I hate cold water because there's almost never a reason to be in it. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't ever have to be in cold water if you don't want to be. Well, I guess. It's true. Think of one situation you've, like, unless you're on the fucking Titanic and the Titanic hits an iceberg, barring that situation, you don't ever, like, when people jump in ice cold ponds and ice cold lakes and ice cold. It's by choice, is like, what you're saying. And there's no reason to do it. It just makes you so uncomfortable. Yeah. So I won't do it. Okay. So that was pretty embarrassing. Um, and I hope it turned my, my shit around for me. Me too. I, I have yet to take a shower. That was rock bottom. I took a shower, but I haven't washed my hair. Um, I can't tell. So thanks. It's I guess it's fine. Cute. I'm also not wearing glasses. So yeah, honestly, your head looks like a blob. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, should we get into this week's app or do we have any more juice to serve? We have no more juice. I have like a person from my past who weaseled into my life, not an ex, who's just acting like an absolute snail brain shit stain. And um, that's it. Yeah. I believe in the deleted version of this intro. I called him stank faced, which I stand by. (laughs) Anyway, should we get into this week's episode? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm drained from our fight. I know. We really screamed. I wonder if McKen's heard it or if his noise-canceling headphones and his gaming was Should I go ask, ask him? Can you pause this song and go ask him if you heard us fight? Okay. <laughs> okay, guys. Mac reported back, and he says he did not hear us literally screaming <laughs> at the top of our lungs. I'm sure other. they heard us downstairs. So next week, we he's in the middle of gaming right now, but we'll get his noise-canceling headphones brand and plug that on the podcast because it sounds like it works. <laughs> um, anyway, so Kendra and Holly, I feel like something that's interesting to me between the two just like memoir. Kendra's memoir was the memoir of Kendra. Holly's memoir was the memoir of what it was to be Hugh Hefner's girlfriend. Yeah, or even just any general Playboy expose. I think we talked about this um, a little bit on the Holly episode, but it really felt like it could have been written by anyone who just like went undercover for journalistic purposes for a year. But instead, she was like genuinely there for eight years. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ken- Holly's was about 100 pages longer than Kendra's. Right. And included not significantly one- less content. I would also say one of the biggest differences for me, not only in like the the type of content involved, but like the tone of the content. And I think it really speaks to who they are as people. Like Kendra's was very just like, and so it goes. And Holly's, I went back and reread a little piece of Holly's because I was trying to remember a certain detail about Crystal Harris and just the disdain in every sentence. Like it is so negative and so angry I will say Kendra is very uh, like a, a Rolling Stone gathers no moss. Yeah. And, and Holly I mean, and is it, like a grumpy stone seeps into every last bit of grumpy moss. Yes. She is very grumpy. I mean, just literally the breakdown is so Kendra's book, I would say the first 150 pages have to do with her childhood mm-hmm. or no, I guess it's a 250 page book. So the first 120 pages deal with her childhood and then the back half 
it's partially about Hugh Hefner, but then like the last quarter is about her relationship with Hank. Right. And so it really barely talks about Hugh Hefner. Yeah, we don't get a lot of Hef and everything we do get. I think it has to do with the way that they viewed Playboy and what they wanted from Hef. I mean, like, Holly's really is the narrative of how to become a Playboy bunny. Mm-hmm. And I will say so like there's one chapter that sums up basically everything that happened to her before she turned 18. And then she talks about like she the first time she goes into a detailed story is talking about her first audition to be in Playboy. Right. And then she goes into what got her at Playboy and then it's like 200 pages of time of her time at the mansion. Yeah. And then even after she leaves the mansion, she has an entire chapter where she's dating Chris Angel. And then even after that, she gives like three pages to her new family with her at the time husband and the child. And a lot of her post Playboy time is admired is discussing her Playboy relations, trying to escape her Playboy past, trying to like her duking it out with Crystal Harris. Like it's like she Twitter really, beefs. <laughs> she really is somebody who only exists within the realm of Playboy, even to herself. She's somebody that like really needs an external force to give her validation. And she decided at a young age during her Marilyn Monroe fetish, I guess that yeah. it was going to be Playboy. Playboy was, I thing. wouldn't even say it's only external forces for validation. I would say it's external forces for literally everything she is. She reminds me a lot of peach yogurt the guy that I went out with last week and that everything about her is an external thing like there you don't walk away with anything of who she genuinely is there's no like feeling or vibe it's all facts and tangible things do you know what I mean like her whole personality is like she was a playboy playmate or whatever she was Hef's girlfriend she loves Disney she you know where she would have thrived where a sorority a sorority would if have been. she had not had like and the mm-hmm. thing is she doesn't do herself any favors by not addressing her childhood clearly something horrible happened to her because right. I mean if there's one thing that I got from both Kendra and Holly it's like you don't want to have sex with an old man in an orgy because you're like a healthy normal person like that is not a normal thing to want right and even if like you like the fact that she stayed for so long and was so unhappy the whole time is like even weirder to me. But there, you have no way to know what, like you have no way to give her sympathy because you don't know what brought her here. You have no idea what like made her think that she was worthless without the Playboy Mansion. All you know is that she couldn't afford rent one time. So she became Hugh Hefner's girlfriend because she needed the room and board. Right. And with Kendra, we get this like long detailed, like drug addled past um, where we find out like it's like oh yeah of course this made sense as like a good stepping stone for her it's like exactly what she needed at that time in her life and I think it's really interesting because I speculated this when we read Holly's book when we meet Kendra in Holly's book um, she's basically portrayed as mean and unpleasant yeah. and like very demanding and she like but also Holly one thing that I was like annoyed about in Holly's book is she talks about how miserable and unsure of herself she was when she first moved into the mansion like there's this weird post-mansion depression that seems to hit everybody like I mean I do think it is a bizarre experience it's kind of like quarantine in a way yeah it's and I mean it reminds me I went to boarding school and I think I, there's parallels in that you do this thing where you think you're gonna get all this freedom like I went to boarding school thinking like oh you're away from your parents you're just hanging out with your friends all the time you get to do whatever you want and then you go and it's actually it's stricter than anything's ever been in your life because there has to be like this regimented program to keep everybody in line. And I think she I mean, she was literally a stripper doing like 
drugs and threesomes with her boyfriend every night and doing whatever the fuck she wanted. She fully supported her boyfriend and her best friend who both lived with her. Right. And then she moved to this mansion where she wasn't allowed out after nine and there was nothing to do. I mean, it's boring. Right. And so she like, so Kendra talks about how like sad and like this post move in depression that she had. And it really does sort of reflect onto the fact that like she and Holly and Bridget never became close until they started until they started filming the show. And it's like there are these three women with this insanely unique experience that they that no one else can relate to. And they're living in the same house, which they are locked into after 9 p.m. And like they really it feels like did not like they were not able to like see that in each other. Yeah, Holly was really there to win something. And it was just yeah. so funny because it's like, what did you fucking... Like, to win was to get out. And somehow she missed that memo. She thought to win was to stay the longest. And it was like... Yeah. Girl, that's a war of attrition. Like, do you know what I mean? It's You're supposed to be playing capture the flag. Capture the bag. <laughs> <laughs> and instead, she was playing, like, last man standing. You know who she was? She was that... um. Did, would you ever play, like manhunt with like your cousins or friends or something where everybody has to like pick a hiding spot and then it's like you go all over the whole town no i feel like there'd be like stories from thanksgiving about like the cousin who hid in the dryer for like 48 hours and like at the end of the weekend they'd be like all right come out and they'd be like i was sitting in the dryer for two and a half days without water and it was like i mean yeah you won but what do you like what did you win what <laughs> is the prize they're like i just sat there in my own pee i didn't make a fucking pee and you're like dryer's broken now <laughs> you're like you did it you won you won manhunt and congrats your shoulder is like permanently bent out of place you're like, well, this was a game, dude, but you fucked over your life. Like, I really think people, it's a real, yeah, you lost sight of the forest for the trees situation. Deep. Um, but yeah. And okay. So let's talk about how they became playmates or girlfriends. I guess they were. Oh, wait. Not- one last thing I want to say about oh, the Kendra yeah. thing. The other thing about Kendra that I think is interesting is like I was saying, it's hard to feel sympathetic for Holly because you don't understand her backstory. You don't understand the psychology about how she got to this terrible situation that she like worked harder than anybody on the planet to get into. Yeah. Whereas with Kendra, I feel like you have a lot of sympathy for her. Cause you're like, wow, she had a fucked up childhood and I see exactly how fucked up her childhood was. And then she gets to the mansion and she does not want sympathy. Yeah. She literally says, she goes, look, I chose to be here. She's like, I weighed the pros and cons. And she goes, even if I weighed them now, knowing everything I know now, like she's like, I still think, I mean, in the way that like, I don't think sex work is bad. She like went in being like, yeah, like this is my new job yeah and it's honestly i'd rather have sex with an old man for one minute a week and get free room and board and money than you know work a nine to five at papa john's she did that and she hated it so it's like i really do think like i truly in my heart bear no ill will or judgment against sex workers and she was just like yeah i'm happy to be a sex worker for this old man yeah and there's nothing wrong with that and that's the choice she made and she doesn't ask for sympathy and she's happy with her choices whereas holly is like I like refuses. That's what's weird about Holly. That's like what I dislike about her. Hates sex workers and was a sex worker. Yeah, that's the problem. Is I think I would have. I have not a problem in and the world. And it's one thing. So for me, it's she also rude to sex workers. That's the thing. Is it's also okay if you say like I was a sex worker and my experience was negative, and here's how you cannot have an experience like me. But that's not what she does. She won't admit. To like the fact that like what she did was sex work. She hates sex workers. She thinks that she she's really better than everybody yeah. else. And 
it's not even like a here's how to not make my same mistakes. It's like a, if you're making mistakes, you're a fucking idiot. And I am smart because I was playing this game in a way that was different and better. And it's like in how you you weren't. Yeah. You actually played it stupider than anybody. You stayed the longest, were the most upset and came out with the least money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she really was an idiot about it all. The, but then she like won't. She won't acknowledge any of that. She really is like, I was the only smart one. I was the only smart one. I was the only good one. Whereas, and then, and so I get why she hated Kendra. I mean, I'm on Kendra's yeah. side. And like, and I say this as somebody who would never want to be friends with Kendra. I don't think Kendra's a good friend. Yeah, we've talked about this. I think Kendra seems really fun and I like reading about her and watching her on TV. And I, I think love, if I knew her, I would very much dislike her. I would love to run into Kendra at the bathroom, blackout drunk yeah. in a club and like have her. And oh, be, I literally have met Kendra and she was so nice to me. Don't you think in that like, moment? Like, I don't want to be her friend. Yeah. I would never want to recount on her for anything. I would never want to expect her to come to my birthday. I would never want to have her be my confidant. I would never want her be like, Hey, I'm in a tight spot. Can you come watch my kids? But that person, when you're like, oh, I'm newly single and I just want to fucking rage with my girls, she's the first person I would call. A hundred percent. And I really do believe that if she saw me in the bathroom crying because I my boyfriend was flirting with a waitress at like a bar, she would fight my boyfriend for me and and then then have sex with him. Then probably honestly have sex with me. <laughs> That's true. You know what I mean? Like, and then invite me to have sex with her and her. But, but like, dude, like, she seems like she's, like, really fun and, like, down and, but not at all reliable, not at all considerate. Mm-hmm. And somebody who will, like, turn on a hat if she feels cornered by you. Yeah. And so I feel like you don't ever want, like, a true friendship or relationship with her. But, like, and I think that puts her relationship with Hef. Right. I feel like Hef knew, like, Kendra's a fun, good time girl, as long as you don't ever ask a fucking thing of her, and that's why she got away with whatever she wanted, whereas Holly, I mean, now's a great time to get into her, their relationship with Hef, and how, let's get into how they became girlfriends. Yes. So Holly spent a year parlaying herself into the position. So she moved to LA for college, and then she started working at Hooters, and then she dropped out of college so that she could have more time to work at Hooters. Um... And she became friends with a lot of girls who were regularly invited to Sunday pool parties at the mansion and a couple other random parties, the Midsummer Night Dream Party, which Holly does make a point to mention that most of the people at that party probably were not well versed in Shakespeare. And it's like, okay, Holly. Okay, Holly. So she was, she claims that she didn't ask to become a girlfriend until she found out that her apartment situation was falling through and she would have nowhere to live. But it really feels like she'd been positioning herself for that space for about a year. And then when it realized, well, I don't even think that it was like, it didn't dawn on her to become a girlfriend until the apartment. I feel like she always wanted to be a girlfriend. And then when things got dire and her plan A fell out, she was like, I have to activate my plan B now. And it became clear to her basically that he was never going to ask her to be a girlfriend. That she would have to ask him to be his girlfriend. And I think that... Can you imagine anything more humiliating than having to ask Hugh Hefner out? I mean, I actually think now that we're talking about it, that like the apartment... She had been having sex with him for a full fucking year for nothing. No, she hadn't. She hadn't had sex with him until she asked to be the girlfriend and then he invited her on a club night as like an audition and that was the first time they had sex and then he invited her to be a girlfriend the next or he invited her to live in the house the next day. No, but she went in and asked, right? She went in and asked because she found out there was an open space and she went in and asked for it and then he said, 
come out to a club night this week and it was like her and a couple other new girls who got to come to the club night and in her mind she was like me and these new girls are all in competition for that open spot and then the next morning so then she had sex with him for the first time that night she'd only been there for like the pool parties and stuff and the movie nights before and so then she found out about the sex thing and then the next day he offered to let her move in to the open room and she spent like over a month not knowing if she was officially in or just crashing there. Really pathetic. Yes. Now let's contrast that with Kendra's story. Kendra's story is that she had started modeling. I mean, modeling is <laughs> probably one of the more generous phrases we've used tonight. <laughs> she started going to car shows with her boyfriend, Zach, and people with cameras at car shows would take pictures of her. I mean, it's two people. Rack. <laughs> two people who... Um, exaggerate more than anybody I know. For us, I say one of the most the generous uses of hyperbole tonight has still been calling Kendra a model. So basically, someone took a hot photo of her at a car show and put it on a modeling website. And then Hugh Hefner called her personally. Yes, I guess said, it came across his desk. Kendra got a call from someone at the mansion who said, "You are in consideration for this. Hef is going to call you." And she was like, yeah, whatever. Hef calls her. She can't believe it. He says, I want you to come be at my birthday party. And also, will you be my girlfriend? Like, he asked her, right? According to her, Holly says in her book that this is a lie. Did she? Yeah. Holly says Kendra has written it differently because Holly's book came out after Kendra's book. And she says that what Kendra says is a lie. No one has ever been invited to be a girlfriend before banging him. Interesting. Yes. But that night, she does bang him. Doesn't she? Doesn't she go? Not that night. I thought she was painted. Yeah, not like, that night. Oh, okay. A different time. Yeah. Shortly after, though. Um, And before she officially moved in and became and a girlfriend. And also, he says, I would like you to consider being my girlfriend. And I do think that it's still, like, you consider applying for the job of my girlfriend. I yeah. don't think you would have let her in the house if she hadn't banged him. Yeah, I agree. So, anyway. So, she goes up to be a painted lady at this party he like sends a car to san diego or no no for the painted lady thing her boyfriend drove her yeah dropped her off she got naked and painted and she's invited back for a pool party yes and And then she starts coming every weekend driven by them yeah so holly was like and she does cheat on him the next weekend so he invites her back the next weekend because i know that for a while it was the first time she'd ever cheated on zach right and then he asked her to be his with a boy yeah and then <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then she asks him he asks her to become his girlfriend and she's like I still have school so she keeps only going up on the weekends. Okay, and let's talk about that. So when she had originally gotten that call saying Hef is going to call you, they say stay here in school because we also heard this from Holly apparently Hef doesn't like strippers. And that I find deeply fucked. I mean, that's where him and Holly are low key soulmates. Exactly. They're both people who are like digging, like sleeping in the dirt, pretending not to be pigs or whatever the fuck the phrase is. Yeah. It's like for him to some of the women, like at a certain point before Kendra's term, Holly says that like a bunch of those girls were like literal high class escorts sleeping with oil barons for thousands of dollars. And so like for him to say, I don't want a stripper. It's like, what the fuck do you think? kind of ba- like you want naked painted ladies at your party but they can't be strippers like shut the fuck up dude shut the fuck like that's so obnoxious to me anyway like to demean strippers but be like these women who are nude and handing out jello shots are different and it's like they're both doing great work for good money yeah <laughs> great work for good money. 
because of this lie. But I really do think that like she's going back to San Diego during the week for school. I do want to say, though, about the Holly and Hef thing. They both have that fantasy that they're both married to. Yeah. That Playboy is this elevated. I really like the Marilyn Monroe idea of Playboy, which is this, yeah. is this exclusive gentleman's club where Jack Nicholson comes and parties and all the hottest A-list celebs come and party. And it is just like this male fantasy in this kind of cigar bar, highfalutin, drinking jackets way. Right. And because... And, Hef is married to that fantasy and Holly is married to that fantasy. And I think it is like the one thing that kept them together. They're married to the fantasy, but not to each other. Yeah. Amen. (laughs) Anyway, so because of this facade of her being in school, she goes back to San Diego on the weekends. She lives with her boyfriend. Um, And then when summer hits, this is when it crumbled is because he is basically like, okay, you have no more school, so you're going to move in now. And she was like, well, I'm still on my lease with Zach. And so he just gives her money for to pay off through the end of the lease. She gives it to Zach, moves into the apartment, um, or moves into the mansion, and the rest is herstory. Um, yeah, her and Zach did not get back together. He did not figure that out until much later. I will say that is a really fucked up thing that she did. She so she's going to the mansion every weekend, partying with Hef, basically telling Hef that she's you know gonna become a girlfriend. And she's telling Zach that she's just like doing this for fun and that he doesn't have any reason to be worried. And then when she officially moves into the mansion, hands him an envelope with $5,000 to cover the rent and like moves out. She's like, I'm going to be back at the end of the summer. I mean, I do kind of feel like Zach was okay. Like, does did he believe that that she was I don't coming know, but back? He took the five thousand dollars. Zach let us like let me review from last week was the twenty year old boyfriend she met when she was sixteen who was fully living off of her stripping money. True. So like I just like am kind of like fuck you, Zach. You sound like a loser. She was right to kick you to the curb. I'm sorry that she lied to you, but also does feel like I'm she does make a big deal. A ab- hero. <laughs> you know, but she does make a big deal about how they were in love. But I do kind of feel like. I do think that he was the first guy that she dated who put her before drugs. Yeah. And that is why she was like, it was love. Um, I will say Zach comes back in her life, though, in a horrible way. When, I know. When the show airs and she gets fame, he posted her underage nudes to her MySpace. Which nowadays is a le- literal crime. So, yeah, I don't know if it was then. So fuck Zach. I'm glad fuck you got Zach. No, fuck Zach. But I do think it was like unkind to tell someone that you'll you'll date them again someday. <laughs> I honestly, can I say something? I think she would have, I think if the, sh- the only reason she stuck it out was because the TV show came. Yeah. She got bored and was like, well, I'm out of here. And that's why I like think I have, like no problem with Kendra. Cause she always did what she wanted to do. And she takes full ownership. She was like, I was there until I didn't want to be there. And then the second I didn't want to be there, I was going to leave. But the show came up and I had this, it seemed like another interesting opportunity. Right. I think if the show had never taken off, she oh, she would have spent, a year there tops if it had and then gone the back show. to Zach honestly <laughs> probably <laughs> so no harm no foul yeah so then let's talk about their um do you have any more playboy content or do you want to get to lives post pb um I do think it's important to talk about how they both talk about half oh I yeah. mean would you like to tell the red lipstick story or should I you can take it so, I mean, one of the like the centerpiece stories of Holly's experience <laughs> and examples of abuse by Hef's hand um, in Holly's book is that one day, you know, she's always trying to separate herself from the other girls, explain that she's better than the other girls. She's not a dumb whore like them. She's a smart woman who happens to be in love with a man with seven girlfriends. 
Um, and it's like true. all smart whores are. Yeah, she's not a slut. She's just a woman who needed free room and board and therefore agreed to have weekly orgies with her boyfriend who she loves because they both like old movies <sighs> and they both whatever. So she was obsessed with Marilyn Monroe, as I've said. And so one day she goes in, cuts off her blonde hair, gets kind of the Marilyn bob and then does red lipstick which was forbidden in the house everyone knows and she was told i don't want to excuse the behavior he shouldn't have been such a fucking dick but she she was told at the very beginning when she moved in one of the things hef hates is red lipstick so she goes and decides that but he loves marilyn monroe so she's gonna make an exception for herself and cut her hair short do the red lipstick she does it she shows it to him she says what do you think and what does he say he said she looked like old and cheap which, I mean, she probably did. She probably did. So uh, she hysterically cries, whatever. A year or two later when Kendra comes to the house, Kendra comes down one day late because Kendra's always late because they're always operating on Kendra's time, which is like, once again, not like be mad at Hef for the double standard. Don't hold it against Kendra that Kendra's 22 and doing whatever the fuck she wants and she can. Yeah, like it's your is- fault for being in a situation. Look, this is hard because now I'm doubling back my own words. I don't want to blame her for being in an emotionally abusive situation, but I don't think it's Kendra's fault that Kendra was fine. Um, so Kendra comes down late one day to their weekly clubbing nights and Kendra's wearing bright lib- red lipstick. And I think Hef says, oh, my God, you look beautiful. Yeah. And for some reason to Holly, that's Kendra's fault. Yeah. And I do think that that is fucked up. Like, I think that that is like a big issue that Holly has is that she cannot stop blaming every single person in her life for everything I mean so Holly's depiction of half is like he was awful he was controlling he pit us against each other Mm -hmm. Kendra barely talks about the other girls in it Kendra does not give a fuck Kendra describes half as nice as like she goes he's like a father figure that I happen to have sex with at one point yeah and I mean she's like look I didn't like having sex with him I wasn't attracted to him but he they both agree that he had a presence and when he picked you it made you feel special yes they like being picked Kendra was picked Holly was not. Holly like wanted to be picked. Yeah, yeah. And and the ultimate she, pick me. I mean, to refer to uh, Taylor's song, tolerated. I mean, Holly was tolerated. Kendra was loved, and what Kendra Holly wanted to be was loved. Mm-hmm. And well, it seems like Kendra has this charisma, and part of it is that she just doesn't give a fuck, and that is something that will rub you the wrong way when it. Is I've met people who are like that where like you meet them and you're just like oh my god this person just literally doesn't care and it's so cool and it's so like infectious to be around and then when it affects your life and you're like yeah we needed to be somewhere 10 minutes ago and you've got to pick it the fuck up and they just don't care that sucks or like when they promise to do something and they don't do it because it doesn't matter to them and you're like okay well it did matter to me so this sucks Um, and I do think Kendra's personality is very self-fulfilling in the sense that She's not going to be anywhere she doesn't want to be. So if she had felt unwanted by Hef, she wouldn't have been there. Like she right. goes and Hef picked up on that. And that's work. why she got, like you said earlier, that's why she was allowed much more freedom than. Because the second you say no to her, she'll leave. Right. And so she's only going to stay in a situation until it stops benefiting her. And so therefore she'll never be in a situation that isn't immediately benefiting her. Right. Whereas Holly believed in this set of rules that I mean this isn't the government like it was her fear of being kicked out of this situation that she both hated and needed yeah I mean I really feel like it's back to what I was saying before she was playing this game and it was like what like if you win the game what do you think you will have won right exactly and it took her eight years and an entire tv show to like figure that out exactly and so she hated Hef because he represented 
um, all of these rules and that he literally enforced them. But by enforce them, he just kind of like would get upset if he if they were broken. I mean, there were girls literally prostituting themselves and like doing drugs and doing whatever the hell they wanted right under his nose. And he would just get upset. Like there was I no think she <laughs> thought that he like he she wanted him to be in love with her, which is like insane. Yeah. I mean, he wanted she wanted him to like her the way he liked Kendra, but it's just to want it that badly is to automatically disqualify yourself. Yeah. I mean, she talks at one point about like wanting to have his children and finding out that his a thousand year old sperm weren't viable. And it's like, what is happening in your head? Yeah. I mean, she's batshit. <laughs> and then the thing is, and then what's annoying about Holly as is. Is, is not annoying about Kendra is when Holly leaves the mansion, she spends the rest of the book complaining about how she can't get rid of the Playboy name. Kendra, like, went on to have her own sh- Kendra never mentions Playboy the second she leaves. She literally got married at the Playboy mansion and it feels like secondary to the rest of her. I mean, truly, she has had drama beyond the Playboy name. She's had a success beyond the Playboy name. Obviously, that right. was her launching pad, but it was like... It was Hol- a launching pad. That was it. And Holly is like... Don't ever call me a playmate, blah, blah, blah. Like everything I did after the Playboy Mansion was without the Playboy Mansion. That's my success. But it was like it was your launching pad. And to be so obsessed with ignoring that is to like keep yourself mired in it. And then she spends a good portion of her post Playboy days obsessed in this fight with Crystal Harris. And then always being like, I don't know why Crystal Harris doesn't like me. All I said is Hef's new girlfriend sucks dick or something. You know what I mean? Like she's like, I didn't say her name. It was like this exact same thing. It was the exact same thing that the same experience she had with Kendra where when she entered the situation, she felt insecure and afraid and not sure what to do with herself. And then when Kendra felt that way, she was like all of Kendra's, the fact that she's not talkative and not warm and welcoming to me means that she's a fucking bitch. And then that same thing happened with, and when she became the number one girlfriend, when Holly became the number one girlfriend, she butted heads a little bit with the old number one girlfriend because Hef sort of does hold it over your head to be like, I could always just get back with this number one girlfriend. You're a replaceable number one girlfriend. And so then when Crystal's in that spot, he's obviously doing the same thing to her. Like she's obviously unsure of herself in this new situation. The post mansion I, I don't know how obvious that is. Hef seemed pretty pathetic in his relationship to Crystal because Crystal, the day of their wedding, after having this like elaborate wedding, abandoned him for Dr. Phil's son. She yes. like left him the day of, went and then still came back and had this elaborate wedding later. Like I really do think Chris, I think anyone but Holly could have worn the pants in that I do think Holly hadn't, I mean, Crystal had an insecurity about Holly because Holly had been so publicly portrayed as the number one girlfriend in ways that past ones hadn't because of the yes. TV show and because she was coming in as a literal replacement. replacement. I agree. Because I think in the terms three of, of them fame had left. and the show yes. and all of that, she wanted to be portrayed on the show as the new Holly and it wanted her public persona. To be, I don't think she felt in that relationship legitimately threatened by Holly. Also, I, I do think, think Holly felt- sucks. I'm sure Holly was like, yes, I do. I would love to hear it from girls. Holly does not seem likable at all. It does not seem like she has one single fucking female friend. I don't think that she felt inferior to Holly in the relationship. I do think she publicly felt that she was constantly being compared to Holly, who then had this freedom to say whatever she wanted because she was no longer under the Playboy umbrella in the same way. And so she didn't like that Holly was still out there, still on TV, still kind of like the yeah. better version. You yeah, know, I mean, her sh- even show though she wasn't out. the better version, she wasn't a good, she was literally one season with Crystal at, at the helm the show couldn't last because no one gave a shit anymore and then i mean meanwhile hef is like i mean kendra's like hef is the kindest man he was so supportive the minute i want to leave he was like whatever's best for you you're always welcome back i'll walk you down the aisle right and now let's talk about a big 
uh, point of difference between the two of them. One of Holly's most important facts about herself is that she never cheated on half and she's her and Bridget are the only two girls that ever never cheated on half. Right. In Kendra's book, it reads a bit different. Kendra was so scared about coming clean about Hank. And then she goes, it actually wasn't even that big of a deal because Holly was already dating Chris. Right. So in Kendra's book, she basically says Holly's Holly cheated on half with Chris Angel. Um, and then Holly says in her book, the reason they hated each other was because Kendra was going to do peep show after Holly did peep show. And then no, like, it wasn't that it was because Holly was currently doing peep show. And for an episode of Kendra on top, they wanted Kendra to just like swing in for an episode and do it. And Holly was like, this isn't just like a parlor trick. I work so hard at this and Kendra can't just have everything she wants. And it's like, she kind of can. <laughs> she can and she will. And then Holly goes into this whole story about how she had to like fly out one day. Cause the producers couldn't get Kendra to do anything for her show. And it was like, yeah, she was fucking depressed dude. And I mean, Holly really likes to act like she was the hard, smart working one. And Kendra was just this idiot. And it was like, I don't know. Kendra laughed all the way to the fucking bank. You're lucky. Yeah. Kendra fucking took her money and invested in real estate. <laughs> she probably has so much money right now. Um, but yeah, I do think it's really interesting. Also, I will say it's possible in Holly's defense, but I'm not sure that because she tells us that she met Chris Angel before she broke up with Hef. And so it's possible that she did that kind of Mariah Carey thing where she was like they had this like long flirtation going where they were essentially dating, but they just hadn't banged yet. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? It's like this thing where like she might have just like met him and been flirting and had the intention of getting with him soon. I mean, they lived in different cities. I think I have a feeling they were sneaking off and hooking. It, it who cares? He had way, three girlfriends. He was literally yeah. famous for having multiple girlfriends. The idea that like the thing you pride on yourself most is not cheating on the most disgusting old man in the world is like so pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's so funny. It's so funny that that's what she's proud of. Um, should we wrap it up? Do we have any other things to say about the two? I don't think so. All right, you guys. I do think it's interesting. I mean, I don't. I actually think it makes sense that they don't talk really anymore because they didn't talk before. They were literally starring in a show together and like had to sort of band together to make it a good show. Like they lived in that house together for a year and weren't friends. Yeah. Why would they be? But I don't know. They had like that weird experience together. I mean, I have a lot of people, but it's like. I feel like they're not. It makes sense. Holly made them enemies. Holly made them enemies. But I do feel like. Even if they made up, they wouldn't be best friends. They would be like people who checked in on each other every now and then. And we're yeah. like, how crazy was that time that we were yeah. girlfriends of I an mean, old dude? Holly longs in her heart to be to have what Kendra has, which is like a family, love, I was a life, say just like an effort personality. A personality. <laughs> I mean, an ability to like do what you want to do. Holly is so fucking paralyzed by fear and like mm-hmm. a, an attempt to gain people's approval. Yeah, and let's talk about what we. I actually, Teffy might have said this. Going back and watching the show, I watched an episode this week, and my God, Holly is so beautiful. She is so cute. Like, she has just, like, this – you're like, if she had any fucking glimmer of personality, mm-hmm. she could have done something. And she was, It's so funny. She's, like, fixing her face, fixing her boobs, fixing her bodies, and you're like, no, 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 it's your eyes. You're dead behind the eyes. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't gone back and watched. I mean, I will say I don't think – like, I relate to Kendra a lot. I think Kendra is, like – was like my id do you know what i mean like yeah. i recognize in kendra like like my core being that i've tried very hard to like uh, grow up and move away from and like a not being con- like you know i'm mean? always having fun always looking on the bright side always making the best of every situation like being like deeply yeah. optimistic but in a way that is pretty inconsiderate of other people like I do not think reliable it's possible that motherhood has changed her for the better i 
would like to hope so. And I also do think that like we just don't know because she hasn't we don't have that book in front of us yeah I relate to her in that sense I liked Kendra a lot reading her book I felt like I I feel like almost everything she said lined up with exactly who I thought she should be and what I wanted to hear from her and Mm -hmm. I feel like I learned about her and I had fun reading it and I would say that I'm like I I enjoyed it like I didn't a lot of these memoirs have like made me upset yeah (laughs) And this one really didn't. There's no sympathy asking. She doesn't want any fucking sympathy. Oh, and I was gonna, but I was going to say, I feel like because I relate to her, I know from my own experiences with like roommates and stuff, I feel like it is easy to hate that person. If you're upset, it's frustrating to be somebody who's like unhappy or angry or like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, I mean, there's any tensions. It's easy to put it on the person who seems like carefree and like they're doing whatever they want. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, even if all parties are equally complicit I feel like it's easy to then be like mad at the person who's just like still bopping you know what I mean like so I do get why I get why Holly would dislike her I don't think Holly's in the right but I do like understand that and I also don't think I would like Kendra as a friend I do think I would like her as a club bathroom yeah and I think I would like her as like a not serious friend like I think that there are those people in your life I think she would be a great friend of a friend Yes. Like if she was like you when she like if she was your friend from home and every time I went to your birthday party at home or something she was I was like oh I can't wait to have a drink yeah. with this bitch. Or like if she like was at a mutual friends bachelorette party you'd yes. be like fuck yes she's yes. here. But as soon as you like need things if you had to co-plan the bachelorette party with her no sir. But if you guys were just both there yeah fun fun. All right well there you have it. <laughs> I guess all that's left is to wonder about Bridget and Marquette. I am so curious about Bridget Marquat. Like, what the... Can I say... Okay, this is how to end it. I've been... I was watching Holly Madison's TikToks, and she is, like, a Disney kid. And I have to say, I know this is, like, slut-shaming She is a Disney whatever. adult. She's a Disney adult. Thank you. I know this is slut-shaming or whatever, but I still cannot wrap my head around, like, Bridget pretending to be innocent, Holly pretending to love Disney, knowing that they... These same women were also having, like, orgies literally every week. Like, it is so crazy that is something that most people would not say yes to the fact that these people are saying yes to it and then their public personas I guess that's what's weird is it's like not a private persona it's like also a part of their public persona and then the other part of their public persona is like cute quirky Disney girl with her tits out (laughs) well like not even like like, but then also like also I was willing to have everyone on the planet know that I would suck dick with 10 other women for free breakfast but mostly think about me as that woman who loves Mickey Mouse. Like, it's just so <laughs> weird. And it's weird with Bridget. Bridget's oldest. Like, just like all their bubbliness with that. I don't know. It's bizarre. It is bizarre. It but is bizarre. I'll see you guys next week. We're talking about Steve-O. I cannot wait. I am excited. See you next time.